This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Joe Giglio, who is the co-host of BetQL Daily, immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawkward. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. Joe, what's your favorite Urban Meyer joke? Well, I'm just I'm just kind of recovering. That's, this is the first and last time that I'll be compared to Aaron Donald or be in the same sense as Aaron Donald anyway, <laughs> this comparison. But my, my favorite part, actually, of all of this, uh, and it's funny, listen to you guys go through the quotes that were in there and, and the Aaron Donald one, specifically number 99. The, the part that is amazing to me is that Aaron Donald was at Pitt as one of the best college football players while Urban Meyer was at Ohio State. So just forget what happened this past year, right, and all the silliness that he doesn't know who the best players in the NFL are. He also was in college football as the best coach or one of the best coaches, obviously, after Nick Saban. During Aaron Donald's time in college football, he had to recruit him. His name had to come across this guy's desk at some point during his time at Ohio State, even if they didn't play each other, you know, Pitt and Ohio State. The fact that he didn't know who he was, it's not just, it's beyond ineptitude. It's mind-boggling. This guy's name's been in football. Urban Meyer's last decade of football, he's had to know this guy's name, and, and somehow it's, it's flipped past him. All right, so apparently you're also running hot on the Tyree kill. I guess it's the trade, the sign by the Dolphins. And I think the biggest question for me is, if you sign Tyree kill, you need to have him incorporated into the offense, you know, and his bread and butter is the deep ball. But we have seen Tua Tungavailoa really struggle at throwing the deep ball. So something's got to give. So what do you expect from Tyreek Hill in Miami? I expect Tyreek to be running 30 or 40 yards down the field wide open, his arms up in the air, and Tua to check it down, you know, within five yards. It's a bad mix. I mean, Tua is a very accurate quarterback, but within, you know, five to seven yards. I mean, he had the, one of the lowest depths of targets in the NFL. It's just, he didn't throw the ball down the field. And Tyreek Hill can take a slant and make a play, and I'm sure they'll do some of that. But I, I just think it's a silly waste of resources for the Dolphins. I mean, he's a good player, but to give up five picks and to pay him about $30 million a year, I just, I looked yesterday when the trade was about to go down, like, all right, which teams are involved? And it's the Dolphins and the Jets. And then you go to the Devontae Adams things last week, and what is it? It's the Raiders. Like, think about those three teams that just decided, we're going to trade a bunch of picks away and pay a wide receiver $30 million a year. The Raiders, the Jets, and the Dolphins. I mean, these are teams that don't win. I mean, they just they haven't won anything of significance in decades, and, and they're the ones doing this. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that these teams are overpaying for wide receivers. Joe, if you're Kansas City on the flip side, clearly you give away your most valuable target, but now you've got a ton of capital in draft picks. There's maybe some guys out there that you can sign. If you're the Chiefs, what do you do? You can't replace a Tyreek Hill, but who do you bring in? What do you do to sort of mitigate the loss, if you will? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to free agency, I think Odell Beckham is interesting for them if, if he'd be willing to go there and they'd be willing to wait for his, uh, his knee to heal, which, of course, he, got, he hurt himself in the Super Bowl. I think that's an interesting name. And then there's the draft, Jenks. And I, I think there's kind of a, a, a correction that's coming here at some point. And I don't want to say that wide receiver is going to become running back because the passing game is, is obviously the focal point of the NFL now. But every year, every time I listen to one of these analysts talk about the NFL draft, like, wow, this is the best wide receiver class I've seen in, since last year. And then the year before, it's like, well, since the year before that. Like, every year, the NFL draft is giving us, it feels like 10 or more legitimate wide receivers. So, at some point, I, I think teams are going to say, I'm, why am I paying this guy $30 million? I could I could find a receiver uh, you know, that could do a similar kind of thing. 
in the NFL draft. This is what happened with running backs about 20 years ago. Teams were like, wait a second, why am I paying this back seven or eight million dollars a year? I could draft one in the second round. He's just as good. So I, I think I think the Chiefs will draft a wide receiver, and, and I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will will put up a lot of yards with him. We're talking with Joe Giglio. He is the co-host of BetQL Daily, and you can hear him on the radio in Philadelphia on WIP on weekday evening. So, Joe, let's talk about a team that's in your backyard, I believe, if my geography serves me correctly. Villanova playing tonight against Michigan, laying four and a half. Do you have a play you like in this one? Yeah, I love Villanova, and they are in the backyard. It's, it's always funny, uh, Chelsea, there's like this debate in Philadelphia on whether or not they're a city school or not, because they're like, right on the outside of the line of, of the city limits of Philadelphia, but whatever, they're, they're close enough. I mean, it's, it's a Philadelphia school. And I, um, I do like it tonight, given four and a half. I, I just think all the things Michigan does well, Villanova does well, just as well or better. And I trust them late in the game. You know, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. So if you're talking about a game that's late and they're up four or five and you're like, oh, you're sweating it out with the free throw shooting. I think Villanova is, is, a good, is a good bet there because they hit their free throws at really one of the best paces in college basketball. So, yeah, I'm on Villanova tonight. I, I think this team will uh, – I think they get a good draw getting Michigan and avoiding Tennessee in this spot. So I'm looking at the slate of games here. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to ask you about. I think the one that intrigues me the most is Duke actually getting points against Texas Tech. I tend to think that this is a sucker line that Vegas wants you on Duke, or is Duke really the right side here? What do you think, Joji? So I think the right side before we watch the tip-off is Texas Tech. I, I think they're the better team. I don't think Duke has faced a defense all year as good as Texas Tech, and I think it's going to be an issue for them, especially early. I can see them kind of getting being out of it offensively, and, and maybe they find themselves in the shots. But I, I like the Texas Tech side. The only worry I have in this game, and it's why I would – I would say that this might be a, a play to do live. Is I think we need to watch the whistles in this game and how they're playing early. Texas Tech is a very good defense, and they're a very physical defense. And let's not forget, this is a TV show, and this is Coach K's goodbye. And I'm just, I just have a weird thing in the back of my mind. I'm like, wait a second. Are they going to let Texas Tech maul Duke, or are they going to call this ticky-tacky early if it starts to go that way? And if they do, and Duke's in the bonus, then Duke can win, and Duke likely will win if they're at the free throw line the whole game. So, Jenks, this is one I would watch early. If I think in the first five minutes, you'll know how they're calling this game. If it's ticky-tacky, Duke might become the right side. Oh, that makes me sick to my stomach oh, my because God. there's nothing worse than watching a college basketball game or any basketball game that is decided by the referees because that's absolutely terrible to watch. But a couple of other great games on the slate today. For me, looking at this Gonzaga and Arkansas game, and it's shaping up to be pros versus Joes because a lot of sharp action coming in on Gonzaga, and that's why we've seen this spread move from 8.5 all the way to 9.5, approaching 10 in this one, which is where Ken Palm actually has this number. Looking at Arkansas and Gonzaga, any feelings there? Yeah, I don't feel as strongly about that one as I do the other ones, but I, I do understand why the pros are coming in on Gonzaga. There's probably some overreaction to last week to Gonzaga not looking great in their first two games. And especially, I mean, the fact that it took the 30 minutes against Georgia State to even get any sort of traction at all. I think, you know, casual fans are watching like, really, this is the team? that This is the one that everyone says is the best team every year and they're going to win it this year? I, I, I'm not sure if, if that reaction is, is justified after just two games. So I would still be on the Gonzaga side. I'd probably will stay away from this game because it's a, it's a weird, it's a big number. So I'll probably be off this game, but if I had to pick a side, I would be on Gonzaga. 
Well, we got to ask you about the other game then, Arizona and Houston. And this is amazing to me because when Marcus Sasser was ruled out for the season for Houston early in the year, you thought, oh, this this is such a, a huge setback for their chances. And yet here they are against a supremely athletic Arizona squad, the Wildcats laying a point and a half. I've seen arguments made for both sides. Both sides make sense to me. I'm not going to bet this game. I just want to watch it. Do you like one one side or the other here? Yeah, I, I lean towards Houston. I, I was really impressed with the way they played the last couple games in this tournament. And I, I think, you know, Kelvin Sampson, everyone's having fun with that video, him in the locker room this week and uh, kind of laughing and, and having fun about, you know, this old coach you know, having a great time, one last run. He's a great coach. I feel like he might be the most underrated coach in the country. And I, I do think they could win this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they get to another Final Four or, or win this thing. I mean, Houston is really good. Good defensively, efficient offensively. Look at Kempom right now. I think this is the number uh, – I think the number two team in the country right now by the updated Kempom rankings, only behind Gonzaga. So uh, I won't be surprised if Houston just wins this game outright. And I think if, if you like them or you think they have a chance, you probably just take a money line. I mean, you're getting, what, a, a point and a half or so. It's not like you're getting a ton uh, on the uh, on the spread. So – I won't be surprised, Jenks, if Houston knocks off Arizona tonight. All right, Joe. Who do we think wins it all? Do you have any futures tickets that you're sweating out? Or do you have any feelings now that you see a team, you see how they're playing, and you think, oh, man, this is a team you need to watch out for? Who do you think wins it all? So I have two futures tickets left uh, among the 16 teams. I had a few more, but, but we lost them. That's what always happens here in the tournament. I have a... 28 to one on UCLA and a 27 to one on Villanova. So those are the two teams I'm, I'm pulling for the most. I think UCLA's got a real chance to get out of out of the East region. Um, you know, UNC's been really good, but I think they could beat them uh, tomorrow night. And then you know they'll get the winner of the Purdue and St. Peter's game. So I think there's a real chance for UCLA to go back to a Final Four. But to, to go to the point of, of is there a team out there that I have my eye on? And we talked about it on the show yesterday. I was really impressed with the way Miami played in their region uh, last weekend. They get Iowa State tomorrow night, and then they'll play the winner of Kansas or Providence. I, I don't think Miami's going to cut the nets down and win this thing, but I won't be shocked if Miami gets through this weekend and goes to a Final Four. The average age of that starting five is 23 years old. They're adults. like They're grown-ups, and they play like it, and, and they really don't have the toughest draw. When you have a, a, an 11 seed to go through in this round, and then and then likely Kansas, and that's a tough team. But I, um, I think Miami's worth a flyer. Uh, at, at, I think they're 70 or 80 to 1 last time I checked to win the whole thing. Yeah, they've certainly been a team that I have underestimated down the stretch. He is Joe Giglio, appearing on the Roman Guest Line. He is the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, you can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. Joe, thanks for waking up with us. You got it, guys. Talk next week. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.